Hi, this is Pastor Stephen. I am the pastor of New Beginning Church in Singapore. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this podcast will build your faith. Hope you grow deeper in the word of the Lord and know Him personally in much deeper way. Enjoy the message. God bless you. Hello everyone, welcome to New Beginning Church Online Service. Let's prepare our heart to listen to the Word of God. Try to settle down and prepare your heart to listen to the Word of God so we don't waste our time by being distracted because time is money, right? So let's get focused on the things that what the Lord speak through the Word of God today. This month we talk about money, about financial transformation. So let me start with something. Let me start with what money can buy and what money cannot buy. Right? Let me read it to you. Money can buy house, but not home. Money can buy bed, but not sleep. Money can buy clock, but not time. Money can buy book, but not knowledge. Money can buy food, but not appetite. Money can buy position, but not respect. Money can buy medicine, but not health. Money can buy blood, but not life. Church, money can buy, money cannot buy happiness because happiness is something in here, in our heart. Not how much in here, on the hand, in our hand. Not everything can be bought by money. This statement is 100% true, but this does not at all show that money is not important. 100% money is important. So most Christian and churches, I would say, separate financial matters from spiritual matters. There is very little teaching that I found about money in the church today. Maybe because money is a sensitive topic, afraid that people think the church needs money. The pastors need money. Not at all. As a result, if we don't teach, we don't speak about money in the church, as a result, we often view money in accordance with the knowledge gained from the world. The people view money from the perspective of the world. What the world economy teaches about money. That is to earn money as hard as possible and to keep it to ourselves as tight as possible. But do you know, in fact, the truth is the Bible speaks more about money than about heaven. There's one writer called Larry Burkett, the author of Money Matters. His focus is on financial from a biblical perspective. And he said this, he said this, Alright, let me just read it to you. He said, he said that Christ wants us more about the sins of materialism than about any other sins. That is true. Let me repeat it again what he says. Christ wants us more than the sins of materialism than about any other sins. Because of money, we can fall into a sin that nobody thought would do in the first place. The root of all evil is the love of money. And the clearest example is 
Judas, Judas betrayed Jesus because of 30 pieces of silver coins. Do we think when Judas followed Jesus, he intended to betray Jesus in the first day he became a disciple? No. Money changes people. Money blinds people's eyes. So today I want to give the title for the sermon, for today's sermons. That is, money, the test of heart and hands. The test of heart and hands. So, the abundance that we have at hands, the abundance that we have at hand does not determine happiness in the heart. But the abundance that is in the heart will increase the amount of abundance or ownership in the hand. And God tests both of our hearts and our hands. Are our hearts truly sincere? And are our hands truly faithful to do everything, to manage everything that He, God, places in our hands, little or large, big or small? We know in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I know our treasure can take many forms. Can take many forms. But the treasure that we can, the treasure that we can easily count, quantify, is money. Treasure that we can really measure easily is money. This means that this verse can also be simplified too. For where your money is located, there your heart will be also. Right? There are two warnings in the Bible that I want to share with you. There are two warnings in the Bible for us to be careful with money. Because anyone who earn money, who earn money will be tested. His heart and hands will be tested. Anyone that earn money today, you and me, his heart, our hearts, and our hands will be tested. Let me show you the first warning, alright, to be really careful about money. Let me show you 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9. 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9. Let me read it to you. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Verse 10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith, wandered from the faith, and pierced themselves with many grief, with many grief. Church, money is not a good leader. We cannot follow money. We cannot go after money because money is not a good leader. But money can be a good servant. Let me repeat that to you. Money can be a good servant that we use. If we are led by money, if we are led by money, we will walk on the path that leads to a life filled with misery and suffering, even though we may have a lot of money and wealth in our hands. But on the contrary, if we were to follow Jesus, if we were to follow God, were led by God, we will be led into a life full of wisdom, a life filled with abundance. Let me read Proverbs chapter 3, 
Proverbs chapter 3. And I want to show you, I want you to take notice, when we trust God with all our hearts, He will lead you, He will lead your way into wisdom. And I want you to pay attention to what God will give us into our hands. And let me show you real quick. Alright, Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3 that say this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, with all our heart. Alright? And do not lean on your own understanding. Verse 6. Before that, let's focus a stop here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. Heart. The Lord has to be in our heart. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Verse 6. In, your, in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. He will lead us into the path of righteousness. Make our path straight. Alright? Verse 9. Honor the Lord from your wealth. Honor the Lord from your wealth. And from the first of all your produce. A lot of, a lot of people actually can remember this first 5 and first 6. These two, first, these two verses. But... The context is more than that. We have to read the whole chapter, then we can understand it's talking about financial. It's talking about money, how we handle money, how we treat money, how we trust God and use money. Verse 9, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce, so your barn will be filled with plenty and your fats will overflow with new wine. Verse 13, How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding when we trust God we find wisdom for her profit is better than the profit of silver and her gain better than fine gold church I believe God is a businessman God understand business he's talking about margin about profit about money here he gives you talents one example the parable of talent he gives us talent in our hands and he wants written. He really, God really understand about money, about business. He wants returns from the talent that he placed in our hands. Alright? That he trusted in our hands. Let's move on. Verse 15. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire compares with her. And watch now, verse 16, watch now what God will place in our hands. Long life is in her right hand. And in her left hand are riches and honor. Alright? Those who, whose heart trust God. Those whose heart trust God gains wisdom. Gains wisdom. Alright? Gain wisdom. And in return, enjoy both quantity of life. Longevity in the right hand. And a quality of life, riches and honor. He gives us both in our hands when we trust God. Those whose heart trusts God gains wisdom and in return enjoy both quantity of life and quality of life. Alright? If we are after God, He places the right thing that we want, that we wish in our hands. But if we are going after money, life that we take is a choice that leads to destruction okay when we put what is right 
in our heart. That is God in our heart. God will place in our hands longevity, wealth, and honor. And speaking of honor, not all rich people have honor, right? Respected by many people, no. Because probably their lives and behavior are simply far from honorable. Honor is earned by the way we live our lives. When we follow Jesus, we follow God, we follow a path, we, we are led into a straight path, path of righteousness. So if our lives are led by God, wealth is not something we go after, no. Wealth is not something that we pursue. Wealth is something that we use to glorify God. The first says, honor the Lord from your wealth. We use money, we use wealth to honor and glorify God. We have to choose either one. We have to choose the path we want to take in this life. We cannot worship God and mammon or money together. Either we serve God and use money or we serve God and use whether whether we serve God and use money or we serve money and use God okay there's one statement from I believe uh, what's his name here Logan Smith that say something like this someone who worship God and mammon the same time together will soon find that there really isn't a God because people who worship something slowly but surely they will become like whom they worship so the test right we're talking about the test the test of heart and hands are simply this okay do we put god and money in their proper place let me repeat that again the test whenever we earn money in hands the test we are put under the test the test is do we put god and money in their proper place this is what i want to show you we have to have god in our hearts and to have money in our hands and not the other way around that's the test to put god in our hearts and money in our hand we use money to glorify god and so the second warning let me read to you is 1st Timothy chapter 6 17 to 19 17 to 19 let me read it to you command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment for everything for our enjoyment so the test for us here is, right, the second test that I want to highlight to you is our hope comes from God who is in our hearts or does our hope come from money, the wealth that is in our hands? Let me repeat that again to you to make it sound crispy, clear, and clean, clear, right? Is our hope that comes from God who is in our heart or does our hope come from money from the wealth that is in our hands church it is not conflicting matter for god to give us much and more money and make us rich it's not wrong for us to have to, to ask god for more than what we have now 
there were countless examples, there were countless people in the Bible that God blessed them materially, financially. But God does not want us to place our hope on things. Put our hope on God. Amen. So when the Israelites cried out to God in Egypt, God delivered them from slavery in Egypt. God answered their prayer by sending Moses to Pharaoh. And God's message to the people of Israel was simply not to enter the promised land, but to worship God first in the wilderness. Alright, that's found in Exodus chapter 7 if you want to read it at home later on. Alright, let me read it to you. The Lord, the God of the Hebrew, has sent me, Moses, to say to you, let my people go that they may worship me in the wilderness. So the statement, the message that God passed to Moses was simply to bring the people of Israel not to the promised land, but to worship God first. To worship God first. Because before the Israel could receive abundance in the promised land, before the Israelites could receive abundance in the promised land, the land full of honey and milk. Notice here they had to first meet and worship God, the giver of abundance, the blesser, so that they have God in their hearts first. And God knows this, if the Israelites entered the promised land straight from the land of slavery, they will be again entered to another slavery, that is materialism. You catch this? What they want to have in their hand, what they would have in their hands will be an idol to their hearts. If they were to go from Egypt, the land of slavery, to the promised land without knowing God, they will enter into another slavery. Whatever they have in their hands will become idols to their hearts. And so what did God do all right, what did God do to prevent this? God did something, all right, to the nation of Israel on the way to the promised land, to a land full of abundance. God, this is what God did. God set the limit to the amount of food they can have in their hand. God would limit it. God would only provide enough for the day. The manna and quail for tomorrow, God will provide tomorrow. This speaks about hope. Isn't it? Our hope for tomorrow only comes from the Lord. Our hope for tomorrow only comes from the Lord, not what is in our hands. And the history, the history tells us that the people, the people's heart were always lacking because their heart is bankrupt. They are slaves. And lacking mentality was not easily shaken off after how many years? 430 years of slavery. As they took more than the ration per day. And for breaking the limit that God has set to collect the food for the day, the food in their hand become bad. The food in their hand turns stalled and bad. So whatever in their hands become idols in their hearts. Alright, so the question is, 
the question for all of us is are whatever we have in our hands become idols in our hearts whatever you have whatever we have whatever i have become idols in our hearts in my heart in your hearts that's the question that we need to ask let's move on number 11 verse 32 and check this out all right all that day and night and all the next day the people went out and gathered quail no one gathered less than 10 homers then they spread them out all around the camp but while they while the meat was still between their teeth and before it was before it could be consumed the anger of the lord burned against these people and he struck them with a severe plague so to bring it to perspective i want to show you this first that how much how much the people of israel each person of them took on average let's say this first say they took 10 homers 10 homers 10 homers today is measured as 2200 liters how many 2200 liters that much okay suppose that we eat one liter of meat per meal all right one liter per meal all right and if let's say we eat breakfast lunch and dinner one liter one liter one liter total will be three liters a day but for each person per day took 2200 liters meaning the person will will collect at least two years of portion two years of ration collected in a day per person that's totally insane that's what you call bankrupt mentality a slave mentality yeah it's a bankrupt heart so this is very important for us to understand being content should be first in our hearts before we receive more in our hands abundance should start as a condition of our heart and not as measurement in our hands when you talk about abundance I want to receive abundance abundance should start as condition of our hearts abundance that comes from the Lord should should be as a condition of our heart and not as measurement in our hands that's the task of our hearts in regards to money and now let's move on to the test of our hands what do we do with the money or with anything that God placed in our hands okay I want to share three things we can do with the things God trusted in our hands all right three things we can do with the things that God trusted in our hands there are three things okay let me just show you quickly I just show you all of them first we need to work all right then the second part everything that we can do the second one is to give we don't keep it all to ourselves keep it as tight as possible but we give some portion that needs to be given away number three what about the left portion in our hands we need to manage them so the flow is we work we give we manage what is left in our hands all right so that's the three things we can do 
with the things God trusted in our hands. All right, let's let's focus on the first one first, slowly, and um, yeah. The first one, let's read Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirm His covenant, which He swore to your ancestor as it is today. Church, it is said, it is said that God gives us the power to gain wealth. The question to all of us here, does God give us the strength or does God give us wealth? Which one was it? Which one is right? According to this verse, God does not give us wealth. God gives us the power to get wealth. That's totally different. And so it means it takes our part. We need to do our part. We need to use, we need to use what you call the strength that is coming from God to work to get the wealth. In other words, God gives us the ability, the strength, the wisdom, and the knowledge, the know-how to get the wealth into our hands. Okay? We have to work. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4, Lazy hands make us, lazy hand make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Okay, I just want to encourage to some of you who are working, you are earning money already this is what we this is what I want to encourage okay your presence in the workplace is unnecessary if you don't become a problem solver and a value adder your attitude in the workplace have to be the best have to be really working as if you are working for God become a problem solver and a value adder, not a problem maker and a value taker. Just want to encourage all of you when we are at work, don't just be there. Okay? Clock in and clock out. But be a problem solver and a value adder. Amen, church. God bless our works, the fruit of our hands, not only to increase our standard of living to become rich but to increase our standard of giving all right so that is my next point after you work after you earn money not to keep it all to yourself but to give the portion to where it belongs the second one the second one the first one work the second one we give we give let let me read it to you Joshua chapter 5 the manna all right stopped the day after they ate this food from the land there was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan, meaning they have to work the land, all right? And, and manna stopped after the Israelites made their first harvest, meaning to stay in the promised land, to stay in the promised land, the Israelites must immediately return, give back the portion of the first harvest and not eat, or not eat all of them because manna has stopped manna has stopped coming down from heaven the principle of sowing and reaping start here in the promised land without giving without wanting 
to give the seed, they won't harvest the second. So for us to give or to hold back, to give or to hold back what we earn, it's a choice and it's a test. All right. So I want to share with you there are three stages. If you are Christian, you are familiar with this. There are three stages in giving. There are three stages in giving. The first one, tax or tithing. Tithing is what we must return to God. And it is compulsory. It is a must. It is a compulsory. It is a command. The word tithe means one ten. One ten. And number ten in the Bible is often interpreted as a test. Yeah, it's a test, number 10. So let me give you an example, some question to relate, all right? You can answer them quickly, okay? You can answer them in your heart until I can hear you, all right? So let me try some of the first question to test you, okay? How many times God tested Pharaoh's heart with plagues? 10 times. How many commandments were given to Moses and the Israelites? 10. How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? 10. How many days were Daniel tested? 10 times. There are three stages in giving. The first one, tithes. Tithing is what we must return to God. And it's compulsory. It's a must. It's a commandment. The word, the word tithe means one-tenth. 110 and number 10 in the Bible is often interpreted as a test yeah a test let me give you some question to relate you can answer them quickly and I want to test you whether you know it all the answers is a test all right how many times God tested Pharaoh's heart with plagues in Egypt how many 10 how many commandments were given to Moses and the Israelites 10 commandments how many times did God test Israel in the wilderness how many 10 how many days were Daniel tested 10 times how many virgin were tested in Matthew chapter 25 how many five stupid one and five wiser one right 10 how many disciples did Jesus have 10. No, just kidding. That's a test for you. 12. So, tithing is a test. It's a test. It's not only a test for us, but also a test for God. It's a two-way test. And I want to show you this. Anything that is tested is to check if it can be trusted. Anything that is tested is to check if it can be trusted. There's a saying, tested to be trusted. So tithing is to test to see if God can be trusted in this area. Tithing is also a test to see if we can be trusted with the money God gives us in our hand. You know, in Malachi, tithing is the only area where God allows us to test him, to test the faithfulness of God. 
That's the only one. Alright? The second one that I want to highlight, the first, the, the first stage of giving is tithing. The second one, offering. Offering is not our obligation to give, but we give because our hearts want to give. Our hearts love to give. You know there is a quote, you may know you may know this. It's possible to give without loving, but it's impossible to love without giving. Let me repeat that again. And it goes to your heart. It's possible to give without loving, but it is impossible to love without giving. The third one, the three stages of giving. Tithing, offering, and the third one, seed sowing. To sow. You know, a sower, someone who is a sower, is someone who prepare and plan to sow. The sower will not be called a sower if he or she only sows several times. I believe this is what the sower will do. Whatever God or the Holy Spirit whisper in his heart, his hand will do immediately in response. That's what the sower will do. Alright? The sower will not just sow sparingly. He will sow purposely and intentionally. I know there's a quote that says, anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the number of apples in a seed. Those who see the faithfulness of God when we tithe and we give offering, we can we will transform ourselves to become a sower and enjoy or experience the financial transformation through sowing. Amen, church. We will grow. We will transform ourselves to being faithful with our tithes, offerings, and transform ourselves to become a sower for the kingdom of God. And God's going to bless not only whatever you have in your hands, plenty, but God's going to bless you and your life after. Okay? The Bible says, gather your treasure in heaven but not only in on earth in heaven we do that by sowing good things i mean the third one that i want to highlight to you the first one the things that we can do with things that god trusted in our hand we have to work we have to give not to keep it all to ourselves the third one is to manage we need to manage you know in the area of money we are called to be generous but at the same time, we are also called to be a good steward, to manage what God has given us in our hands. Stewardship is the responsibility to manage what is trusted in our hands. Simple. It's the responsibility to manage. Stewardship is just simply a manager who has the responsibility to manage what is trusted in their hands. 10% needs to be returned to God. And 90% is entrusted to us to be managed properly. How we manage, how we manage 90% of what is in our hands will determine the 10% that we will return the next time around. So, I want to go practical a little bit, not to go in depth, 
but this is what we can do to manage what we have left 90% okay we can do this we can do we can save and invest when we save and invest we are basically we are creating asset the future value and what else we can do we can save and spend this part is basically we are managing expenses we do not want our expenses is greater than our saving or our income Warren Buffet says this Warren Buffet says this do not save what is left after spending but spend what is left after saving so we can do we can save and we invest to create asset and we save then we spend to manage expenses okay church I'm not an expert on this but if you want more details on this uh, biblical perspective on money then we need to ask Pastor Benaya I believe for a seminar on this money the last time I checked he has a background not only master in theology MT but also master in business administration MBA he also had certified certified financial planner CFP certified credit professional CCP so I think he is the most person the most ideal person to teach us in detail about money so I believe Pastor Benaya is the most I would say certified to speak about money to teach about money on perspective on biblical perspective so the next time he can come to Singapore after COVID-19 for sure we will ask him to do so okay so let me just close this sermon with one verse let me read to you Matthew chapter 25 verse 21 that says his master said to him well done good and faithful servant you have been faithful of a small matter I will give you charge in charge over many things go in and enjoy your master's happiness go in and enjoy your master's happiness church good and faithful does not mean staying the same for us forever a good and faithful person is person who works someone who is productive and use anything in his hand to glorify god and I believe we can do that beginning with us putting God in our hearts and faithfully use things, manage things, money, talents, ability in our hands. When God says, come in and enter into your master happiness, that's I believe that is true happiness. That is what money cannot give us. Money cannot over you, over us. Money will not give you the happiness. I started off with that with that the true happiness is when we can use everything in our hands to please god who is in our hearts amen i pray that your heart will be blessed with the word of god and even more so when you take the word of god into practice in your hands amen church let's pray let's pray together Father, we thank you that you have been with us in every season of our life. 
You never leave us, you never forsake us. Even in this stormy season, O oh God, the storm is not here to stay, but you are here to stay with us, O oh God. You'll be with us to go through every storm of our life. Strengthen us, God. Teach us to trust you even more. Teach us, O oh God, to trust you even more and acknowledge you in all our ways and teach us O oh God to be faithful to manage things that you have placed in our hands so that we may glorify you we may glorify you Jesus let's lift up both our hands and receive the blessing from the Father may the love of God the love of the Father the grace of Jesus Christ the Son the anointing and the Holy Spirit fellowship of the Holy Spirit will be with all of us today and tomorrow now and forever he will be with us strengthen us empower us to do what we can to glorify you bless the hands of your people in everything that they do they will be prosperous oh God thank you Lord Jesus thank you Jesus in Jesus mighty name and all God's people says amen Amen. God bless you. Happy Sunday. Have a blessed week ahead. Thank you for joining us. Hope you have been blessed. This podcast is made possible by generous giving people like you. If you want to support us, please visit us at www.nbcsingapore.org www.nbcsingapore.org God bless you.